Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slash Home Daily for July 14th, 2017. I'm Peter Serretta. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the 69th Primetime Emmy Awards, the nominations, the snubs, the surprises. With me today, I have a whole boatload of Slash Film staff writers. Ben Pearson. Brad Oman, a.k.a. Ethan Anderton. And Jacob Hall. The 69th annual Primetime Emmy Award nominations were announced yesterday. Westworld came out on top of the drama side with a total of 22 nominations across the board. On the comedy side, Veep was the leader with 17 nominations. And the miniseries Feud uh, also fared well with 18 nominations. Outside of the leaders in the pack, shows like Stranger Things, This Is Us, Big Little Lies, Night Of, and Handsmaid's Tale made a big splash, plus Saturday Night Live. Had a big presence this year as well, tying Westworld with 22 nominations. You can go to SlashFilm.com, read all all the nominations. What I want to do is I want to delve into really the snubs and surprises. So let's start with Brad. What is your surprise? Uh, well, one big surprise was Shannon Purser got nominated for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series. Uh, if you don't recognize that name, she plays the now very popular cult character, Barb, in Stranger Things. 
Uh, as we all know, Barb disappeared pretty early on in the first season of Stranger Things and never came back. And Spoilers. She was sort of mis- mistreated in a way in that they never really resolved her disappearance or anything like that, and no one seemed to care afterwards. So there's been this whole Justice for Barb campaign, and this is a pretty good way for Barb to get some justice by getting an Emmy nomination. For sure. Let's move on to Snubbed. The Leftovers was one, one of the shows that was snubbed. Jacob, you're, you're a fan of the series. I am. The Leftovers is great, but The Leftovers is also challenging and weird and difficult. It is not a show that was ever going to have a big audience. I mean, it's the kind of... I don't know how many people remember the first episode of The Leftovers, but it, the first episode ends with the main character opening fire on a pack of dogs, which is the show's mission statement of saying, hey, this may not be for you. And it never was. And the Emmy voters, they may be industry people, but there's still a lot of people in one place. They still represent sort of the mass appeal, what's going to appeal to the most number of people. And Leftovers, as weird and dense as it is, was never going to appeal to them, even though it, if you gave it the chance, it is probably the most powerful show on TV in the past couple of years. Another snub this year is Mary Elizabeth Winstead for Fargo Season 3. I actually thought Season 3 of Fargo was maybe not quite as great overall as the previous seasons, but Mary Elizabeth Winstead's performance as Nikki Swango I think ranks up there with the best performances in the history of the show, all three seasons so far. I was disappointed to see that she uh, didn't get some recognition here. I think she brought uh, a ton of different layers to this character there was a a time in the beginning of the show when her character is like a sort of a low-level criminal and sort of a con woman and there was a time in the beginning of the show where i wasn't sure if she actually did truly care about her boyfriend who's played by ewan mcgregor or if she was actually grifting him or conning him in some way uh so just the the idea that she was able to um sort of keep her tr- her character's true nature hidden for a little while and then go on this amazing journey during the back half of the season where she basically turned into like a <laughs> a revenge-driven badass um, was really great. And uh, I wish that uh, people would have maybe watched the show and, and taken her work a little bit more seriously. Yes, I, I think that performance should have been recognized. Brad, comedy performances, give us a surprise. Uh, it was really refreshing to see both Pamela Adlon and Zalek Alphanakis nominated for their respective shows, which are Better Things and Baskets. Um, FX definitely gets some attention for their comedy series, but nowhere near as much as uh, networks and cable channels like HBO. So um, these shows didn't even get nominated for series or, or any other um, nominations with the exception of Louis Anderson as supporting actor for Baskets. So the fact that these two got lead actor nominations in their respective categories for comedy is awesome because and they're well deserved too because they these are two just unique shows and the performances by each of these stars are, is outstanding for sure uh one of the shows i was expecting to see it on here somewhere and kind of got snubbed is the netflix television series 13 reasons why you know that show was always better than it should have been it started off as a ya novel and it was elevated by the filmmakers that were involved that included Oscar winners Tom McCarthy and Jessica Yu, as well as Beard Award winner Greg Rackey. But I think Netflix is happy nonetheless because they got nominations in the drama series category and best comedy series category, so they can lose one with 13 Reasons Why. Next up in the snubs category is The Americans. Brad, tell us about it. The Americans is simply a fantastic show. It's been one of the best shows on TV for a while now, ever since it debuted, and for a long time, 
it got snubbed by the Emmys. And it's gotten some recognition over the years. Even this year, both Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell got nominated for Lead Actor and Lead Actress. But the show has again been snubbed in the Best Drama a series category. And I just wish that the Emmys would come around and just give the show the love it deserves. Because it is an outstanding, slow burn, cold war thriller. Like you just, it's just, you need to, you need to enjoy it. For sure. And while Mary Elizabeth Winstead was a surprise that she wasn't nominated for Fargo, Carrie Coon was, but not nominated for The Leftovers. Look, I like Fargo. I watched the first two seasons. I've not seen a third one. I cannot speak to Carrie Coon's performance specifically in Fargo. But I can speak to her work in The Leftovers, where she's the heart of the show, where she is the best character on the show, where her portrayal of this woman whose life was shattered and then forced to reassemble itself and then to carry everyone else around her is just this powerful, beautiful, heart-wrenching thing. You, you feel physical pain watching her in this show, and you, you, you realize this is a performance that gets her work. I mean, she would not have been cast in Fargo if the people at Fargo had not watched Leftovers. That's how good she is. And, but like I, like I said a little bit earlier... Fargo is a show that's popular with the Emmy voters, uh, and Leftovers is not. So I can't help but feel this is sort of the um, consolation prize of, hey, we like you, but we're going to award you for the show that we all like instead of the show that nobody watches. <laughs> now, I, I think you're right there. C- Carrie Coon was fine in Fargo, but she was amazing in Leftovers. And it, it's, I'm sorry that she got snubbed for that. Going on to another snub is the, the comedy show, The Good Place. Brad, why was The Good Place snubbed? Uh, I mean, I don't know why it was snubbed. I mean, a, a big part of it is probably just because, you know, Emmy voters, you know, don't really know what they're doing most of the time. Uh, no, but seriously, The Good Place uh, is one of the rare, fantastic network comedies on TV right now. Uh, it only had a 13-episode first season. It debuted uh, mid-season. And it's this. It's from um, one of the executive producers of Parks and Recreation, Michael Schur, and he's created this great world that takes place in the afterlife that gives a, a quirky spin on both heaven and hell. And Kristen Bell and Ted Danson are both amazing in this show. And there's so many cool surprises and twists and turns, which is really surprising for a comedy. The show totally deserved to get some, some nominations from the, from Emmy voters, but it just didn't get it. And it's a real shame. I like both of those actors and I've watched the pilot for the show. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I would recommend anybody who does like the show, go check out Jason Reitman's student film in God we trust, which I think whoever made this show must have seen because it, it, it shares way too many sim- similarities. Uh, moving on though, in the snub category, uh, Michael McKean for better call Saul. Now, anybody watching Better Call Saul knows how great of a job McKean has been doing on this series. He's basically playing Jimmy McGill's older brother, Chuck McGill, and uh, he's been doing a masterful job mixing the brilliance and strong ideals of a prestigious lawyer with the sensibility, the sensitivity of a positive, uh, possibly mental illness uh, that's going on uh, in, in him having to deal with that. But the thing is... It, it does something that every great villain or antagonist does that he has a point of view that is completely valid and not only is it valid, but we can understand it. And it's many times right. Um, But, you know, he's not the lead character, so he is the antagonist and in an alternate universe, it could be, you know, his show and he could be the protagonist and he just did such a masterful job with us. It's too bad because 
this is likely his last season on the show as a a major character. Um, so this was his last chance to to reward him with an Emmy nomination. But oh well. Uh, moving on, another surprise is a Marvel animated production, Rocket and Groot. Ben, tell us about it. Yeah, so this is a 12-episode series that I had really not paid much attention to before this. Um, so this is one of those rare times where the Emmys actually taught me something constructive in life instead of just disappointing me bitterly. Um, but uh, this is a 12-episode series of shorts. And um, the sky, the style is based off of the art of Scotty Young, who comic readers will probably recognize that name. He's done a ton of art for Guardians of the Cal- Galaxy stuff and Rocket and Groot in particular. And the style of, of these shorts is amazing. You guys should definitely check it out. The one that I uh, linked to in the write-up on the site is only like two minutes long or something. And I think that's sort of a standard runtime for this little series. So it's surprising that the Emmys the voting board would actually pay attention to something that's sort of so small. But after watching it, the uh, the art style is just so gorgeous that it um, it justified the nomination for me in my mind. Disney on television has been doing some great stylistic stuff in their animation department. Uh, moving on, though, to the snubbed category. Brad, why was Insecure snubbed? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned this before as one of the shows that probably should have been nominated instead of Modern Family. Um, I feel like maybe the other two HBO comedies that got a decent amount of nominations, both Veep, which was the leader on the comedy side, and Silicon Valley probably overshadowed Insecure a bit. If anything, there's some silver lining here in that there's time for Insecure to grow and for Emmy voters to come around and pay attention to it. Uh, Issa Rae in particular is a great lead. She's a fresh voice in the, on the comedy side of things. And hopefully Emmy voters will come around sooner than later. Um, but yeah, I think it, it was good enough to get some you know emmy love this year but it wasn't westworld is doing really good at this this year's emmys with 22 nominations but one person that was not nominated it's ed harris as the man in black jacob why is this a snub i'm just confused by this because the emmys have a habit of saying oh you're a movie actor let's give you a nomination you're coming down to play with us from the from the big screen oh boy and they did it this year with Anthony Hopkins uh, in Westworld. But I thought for sure Ed Harris would also grab one because he's the villain of the show. He's the rotten core at the heart of Westworld. He, his looming cowboy shadow connects all the show's timelines. He's the big puzzle piece in the final couple episodes that connects it all. And throughout it all, Ed Harris is just the show personified. He's just this menacing tourist who is totally aware of Westworld being a theme park and a playground and he knows all the rules and he delights in breaking them and he's just this great menacing figure and the scenes that he shares with anthony hopkins are spectacular and i don't want to say anyone else who was nominated for Westworld deserves to not be nominated because it's a really strong cast but the emmys just have this habit of of giving the bigger names nominations they've been doing it for years and i'm just surprised that ed harrison sneak his way on here Another surprise this year is Saturday Night Live, 22 nominations, tying Westworld. Even me, who is not a a big SNL fan, has recognized that this season of SNL, especially with the current political environment, has been uh, one-upped. Brad, talk about SNL as a surprise. Yes, this was huge. Usually SNL gets several nominations each year, but a lot of them are it's below the line stuff or it's for writing and directing. 
and usually a couple of the hosts end up getting nominations. But this this season was one of the highest rated they've had uh, since the 90s, and it's been huge. Tons of the sketches have been going viral, like you said, because of the current political environment. Um, Alec Baldwin got a rare, like, flat-out outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series nomination just for playing Donald Trump, which usually doesn't happen with SNL appearances at all. And then half of the outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series nominations went to three of the female cast members, Vanessa Bayer, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon, which just goes to show you how strong the female cast on SNL is right now when you can nominate three you know, of, the, of the members and still you know, not even broach you know, all the great females that you have on that cast. And then on the host side, um, Tom Hanks, Dave Chappelle, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Melissa McCarthy, and Kristen Wiig were all nominated for the episodes that they hosted. So this was just a huge year for SNL. The fact that they tied Westworld for most nominations is incredible. And if you're wondering why we didn't say SNL led the comedy side of things, it's because SNL isn't technically in the comedy category. It's actually in the variety sketch series side of things. So it, that's why you have that dichotomy there. Also snubbed this year is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Rachel Bloom on the site. Our own Huai Tran Bowie wrote this up, and uh, she said that Bloom, who created, writes, and stars in the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, gives a wonderful manic performance as Rebecca Bunch, a neurotic, flawed comedy heroine for our time. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is doing some of the most perceptive takedowns in musical form, no less, of comedy tropes on TV, and it's a shame that it's not recognized for that. Moving on, another HBO show, Snubbed, Girls. Brad, tell us about it. Yeah, this was the final season for Girls, and you would have thought that the Emmys would have given a little bit of, uh, I I guess, respect for the series coming around after all these years to an end. Uh, But it only got some guest actor and actress nominations and not anything else that was uh, a major award category. So... I'm not necessarily sure that girls would have deserved something bigger, but the Emmys do like to sort of reward the show's culmination when it comes to an end. And since it had been nominated several times before, um, you would have thought that would have happened, but it just didn't happen this year. We've been talking a lot about the comedies and the dramas, and we even had a variety show, but we haven't really talked about reality television. And one of the the surprises this year comes from the reality television genre. Brad, tell us about it. Uh, this is just so weird that you can't, you know, talk about Emmy nominations without talking about this show. For those who haven't heard, Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg have their own reality show called Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner Party. And, I had no idea. Yeah, and they got nominated for being outstanding hosts for the show. Um, it's such a weird combination, but I, I've heard from someone, I don't even remember who it was, but someone told me they watched it and they say that like just the chemistry between them is hilarious and they work surprisingly well together. <laughs> Another snub that a lot of people are talking about is Winona Ryder in Stranger Things. I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm not sure Winona's performance. Some people thought it was too manic. It was a bit divisive, but it was something that Anytime you talked about Stranger Things, any review, it was a focal point of it. Um, So a lot of people were surprised that Emmy voters did not um, recognize it, at least with the nomination. Uh, I'd be interested to see if next season, season two of Stranger Things, if her performance is a little bit less hysterical. And um, maybe she has a little bit of a more meaty role that might be more Emmy friendly. Um, Moving on, though, another surprise and I'm not sure why this is a surprise because everybody seems to love this show. I, I'm not really watching it, 
but it has that kind of like Friday Night Lights vibe and Parenthood vibe. Uh, Brad, tell us about This Is Us. This Is Us is a surprise, not because it was nominated as a show, but because of just how many nominations it got in some of the acting categories. Uh, like it took half the slots in the outstanding guest actor category and two in the outstanding lead actor category, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, not even Westworld pulled that off. So um, this the show just feels like it has an even bigger presence than people who already love the show thought. And so it was a surprise to see it land even more nominations than were expected. Strangely, with all those actor and actress nominations, Mandy Moore snubbed. I'm kind of surprised. Um, next up in the snubbed category, Jacob Paul. Tell us about American Gods. This is a show I only watched a couple episodes. I, it was it was a little too much for me. Why 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 do you think this was snubbed? Oh, oh, Peter! American Gods is my jam. It is it is my thing. It is everything I wanted in a show. It has it has old gods battling new gods. It has graphic gay sex between a man and a gin. <laughs> Uh, it has Ian McShane casually fighting plant monsters in a police station. Uh, oh, goodness, this show has, has a, a main character. It's a leprechaun. It takes its own sweet time and has flashbacks and flash forwards and doesn't explain anything ever and wants you to keep up at all times. And, of course, nobody nominated it for any Emmys. It is – we're talking about a show that – a show so good – that one episode is about the ancient god of the forge remaking himself into the American god of guns. And then we see his guns shoot the Mexican Jesus as he tries to help refugees cross the border in the United States. It is the best show, but nobody <laughs> likes it because it's that show. <laughs> well, maybe in the second season it might get recognized. Uh, moving on to another show... Uh, this is another one that you wrote up on the site, Jacob, and that is Transparent. Tell us why. Why do you think Transparent was snubbed this year? This is a weird one. I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't watched Transparent, but I've been. But it's been in the press for so long, and it's been so respected and so liked. It's been a critical darling, and it's been nominated for so many awards the past two years. Then this year it only has a handful of acting nominations, and this is just the the whims of the Emmy voters. I mean. They'll keep Modern Family up there for, what, a decade now? But they'll say, like, oh, we're done with that show. I remember that happened to Lost a couple of years into its run. They just decided they're done with Lost. And yeah. I don't know if the Emmys are done with Transparent, but they seem to be, at least for this year. Uh, our last and final surprise is that Carrie Fisher, the late, great Carrie Fisher, was nominated. Uh, yeah, you know, if anything, this is just a cool surprise more more than anything. She was appearing on the third season of Catastrophe, uh, but this is her last television performance, and it's you know it's just nice to see Emmy voters show Carrie Fisher some respect after passing away. From what I understand, that her appearance on the show is sort of a perfect uh, way to send her off, not only from the show but you know from this world, as it were. Uh, so it's just it's just a nice little thing for Emmy voters to you know give one final honor to uh, Carrie Fisher. You know, before we go, I just want us to pick personally what what is going to win these the, the the top few categories. So for outstanding drama series, I want personally to win Westworld. Uh, I'm right there with you. I absolutely want Westworld to win. I think this first season of the show has been one of the best seasons of television 
I've seen in a long time. And I, and I mean that like the entirety, like there was not a single episode where I was bored. And this is the first time since Lost where I've been so obsessed with a show that I've been following theories and read everything I could after an episode aired just to, you know, absorb every possible detail. And so, yeah, Westworld, I'm, I'm all in for it. Jacob, which one of these shows do you want to win? Uh, Westworld is going to win, and I love it so much, but Better Call Saul is better. I love Better Call Saul, <laughs> but that's, that's fighting words right there. <laughs> Why is Better Call Saul better than Westworld? Westworld is amazing. Westworld... Is also also built his first season on a mystery we all solved two hours in, or as Better Call Saul has marinated in its characters for three seasons, and this season, everything blossomed. All the things been waiting to happen happened, and everything that we've been dreading started to creep up through the cracks in all these characters, and watched them fall apart and triumph and destroy and despair. This season was remarkable. And the kind of long-form television that Westworld will achieve in its own season three. <laughs> I've been telling people that this season of Better Call Saul was actually better than a lot of the seasons of of Breaking Bad, and people call me nuts, but I I, I agree. Uh, ben, what's going to win Outstanding Drama Series? I mean, I agree. I think Westworld is going to win. Personally, I would much rather see Stranger Things win, though. To me, Stranger Things was the show of last year. It uh, it came out of nowhere in such a major way and surprised all of us. And for I know there's already been a backlash as these things are, you know, are want to have. But uh, but I am firmly on the this show is great bandwagon and don't plan on getting off it anytime soon unless season two is a massive letdown in the vein of True Detective of season two or something like that but uh, i would love to see stranger things take this one home okay for outstanding comedy series i think if i was going to have to pick a show it would probably be atlanta uh, i'm loving what donald glover is doing there i love the style of the show i love the comedy i love the drama i i, I just love almost everything about it you know silicon valley was good this year but I, I if i would have to pick one it would have to be atlanta I would absolutely love if Atlanta won as well. Uh, Donald Glover put together one hell of a first season of TV. You know, he he acted in it, he writes it, he produces it, um, and he's just yeah. He he really poured everything he had into the show, and you can you can feel it in every episode. Um, if Atlanta somehow doesn't win, I think I would like to see Master of None uh, take the prize because the second season is fantastic, and Aziz Ansari is another you know comedian who has poured himself into this series and does a lot to bring it to life and make it his own. So I'd I'd be fine with either of those winning. So, yeah, I'm sort of right there with Brad. I think uh, Atlanta and Master of None would probably be the the two that I would be the happiest if they won. But the one I have to go with the the word comedy. And to me, that means which show makes me laugh the most. And that's Silicon Valley, hands down. Um, So if I were to pick based on just the the criteria of the category alone, I would have to go with Silicon Valley. Jacob, I'm looking for you for a different choice. Do you have a different choice, or are you with the the the, the slash film group here? Oh, I'm going to divide my answer into two parts because I'm important. <laughs> uh, Veep will win because it was Veep's worst season. And that's what the Emmys do; they always award the worst season. <laughs> but Master of None deserves a win because it is the most beautifully made television comedy of all time, aesthetically. It reminds me of 70s Woody Allen. It looks stunning. And everything within those stunning frames is on point and sensitive 
and well thought out and beautiful. And it makes me laugh and cry in equal measure. And it's as complete of a show as an experience of any show on this list. So Master of None deserves a win. Veep will win. And we're just going to do two more. We're going to do Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series. Brad, who should win? Oh, man, that is uh, that's a big question. I I think I'm going to go with Anthony Hopkins for Westworld. Uh, he's the heaviest hitter in the category, and he was great in Westworld. Simply put, you know, there's no there's no beating around it. Like he he brought such gravitas to the role, and you hang on every single word that he says whenever he's speaking. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think that Hopkins should take that one. Yeah, it, it would be it would be tough to fill that role with any other actor. I feel like that that role of being like the Walt Disney of that world is a tough role. Uh, I would have to pick Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. I think what he is doing this season is like worlds above what anybody else is doing on any of the other dramas for me, at least. Um, and it, 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 you know, walks that fine line of comedy and drama and he does, it's so subtle and so funny and heartbreaking and sad, you know, it's, 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 it's some good stuff. Uh, I'm with you, Peter. I hope that Odenkirk takes it down. I actually gave up on Better Call Saul, but I still love Bob Odenkirk as a performer. And even in the first season, he his performance was one of the best things about that show. And I think that uh, the fact that the show has gotten a nomination for Best Drama Series uh, shows that the voters at least are paying attention. And maybe they're paying close enough attention to uh, to sort of give him the win over a bigger name like Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I'm also Bob Odenkirk. I don't think I've ever seen a performance quite like this, where we're watching a over a course of three seasons, a guy with bad instincts fight against them, only to very slowly have the cracks appear within him. And we're watching this season in particular was all about watching this good guy succumb to his worst instincts and us rooting for him not to do it, but every single episode him taking that one closer step to darkness. And it's sort of the inverse of Walter White, who sort of seemed to embrace it a little bit more and kind of cheered that on, whereas with Jimmy McGill, we're just watching this good guy tear himself apart, and it's so good. It's so good. I can't get over how good he is. I, I agree. L- let's end this thing with Outstanding Lead Actress in the Drama Series. I'm not sure who I'd pick, so I'm going to I'm going to go right back to Jacob. Jacob, who would you pick for lead actress? This is my Westworld pick, Evan Rachel Wood. It's not just a technical thing, even though she plays that more than any other leads. She has the robotic thing down. She gets the repetition, the physicality, the this the this mannerisms of a programmed being, but also they end up turning her story into a survivor story, into someone who realizes that she's been a victim of assault and violence and tragedy for her entire artificial life. And having this, having her guide us through this machine, discovering her humanity and discovering that not only is she a person, but she's a person who is built to be abused is this fascinating piece of, of sci-fi ideas that she brings all this humanity to. And I like everybody else on this list, Carrie Russell, especially from the Americans Reverend Rachel Wood is doing things I've never seen done before, and that deserves some praise. Ben, who would you pick? 
Uh, I think, man, it's tough for me to say because I actually don't watch a lot of these shows. That, uh, I'm like Brad; I haven't seen um, *The Handmaid's Tale* yet. But I think, um, I think Claire Foy might. I think Claire Foy might win. I think the Emmys tend to like to reward uh, the the new, fresh faces. Um, I think it's kind of one of those picks that you might not see coming and they tend to revel in making decisions that uh sort of go against the grain sometimes too um i from what little of the crown i have seen which is not very much admittedly i still need to check out that series in full um she has this vulnerability and like sort of a a steely resilience that i think um might resonate with these voters so we'll see what happens you know after thinking about this for a bit i think my pick would have to be robin wright from house of cards this season which isn't the best season of the sh- of the show but sh- she kind of steps it up she the spotlight is more on her than it is Kevin Spacey's character i think this season and you get to see how tough and vulnerable and you know the, there's more layers to her character and how she plays it and i i think as much as i love Westworld and what Evan Rachel Wood is doing on that show i think what Robin Wright is doing it just shows more layers. Um, Brad, do you disagree? I'm going back to Jacob's pick because it's. I think it's the best one. I agree with everything he said about Evan Rachel Wood's Evan performance Rachel. in Westworld, especially yeah, her her robotic stuff and like the way she just she can turn it on her emotions and then turn them off just as quickly. Uh, it's fascinating and mesmerizing to watch. She's she's so good at it, and I, it's a performance different than any of the other actresses in this lineup. And so yeah, I think I think she deserves it. Okay, guys, that does it for our Emmy rundown. When you're listening to this, I'll probably be at D23 Expo. Wish me luck. Uh, you can find more of all of our work at slashfilm.com. Where can we find you guys on Twitter? I'm Ben Pearson. You can find me at Ben Pears. I'm Brad Fredoman, a.k.a. Ethan Anderton, and you can find me at Ethan underscore Anderton, as well as my own podcast called Go Flix Yourself, F-L-I-X. And you can find me at Jacob S. Hall on the Nightmare Machine known as Twitter. You can find a full list of all the Emmy nominations on SlashFilm.com alongside our Surprises and Snubs article, which was referenced on this podcast. This does it for today's episode of SlashFilm Daily. Please, if you are enjoying this show, go to iTunes, leave us a review, rate us. It can help spread the word. Tell your friends. If you have an email for the mailbag, send it to peter at slashfilm.com. Please leave your name in general geographic location so we can reference it on the air. Or if you just have general feedback, send it to that address. Again, that's peter at slashfilm.com. See you guys on Monday.